Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome to HopeNet Radio tonight. Good to be with you, Jeff. As always, DW in studio. And uh, we are having some meaningful conversations. And if you are just tuning in for the first time on HopeNet Radio, welcome to the show. This is your show. This is a show where we believe that conversations save lives. And the conversation doesn't start here. It doesn't end here. This is uh, an open dialogue talking about spiritual things, faith things that matter to teens, to young adults, to parents, issues that you guys face. So anytime during the show tonight, email us, hope at hopenet360.com, and share your thoughts with us. Share a question, maybe a difficult situation that you're looking for some perspective on. And uh, again, we, we hope to be a voice that's encouraging for you to come and find hope in the middle of difficult times. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Twitter Anytime during the show, HopeNet360 is our name on either one of those. And so tonight, the conversation's continuing. Last week, we opened up this conversation about spiritual things. Some of you today have probably passed by some ghoulish displays on your way home or maybe your way to work. And um, so there are some scary things that happen in life that are beyond just what we see or maybe what we feel. So we want to talk about those things tonight. We'd love for you to email us or Facebook us, your thoughts, your questions, and give us some insight from your perspective, too. So, Dave, we talked last week uh, in the second half of our show. If you missed it, they can podcast it on iTunes or on our website, hopenet360.com. We talked about spiritual things, and there are two different camps out there. There's either the one camp that says there's nothing spiritual, that what we see is what we have, or that there are some people that are what we would probably call very hyper-spiritual or superstitious in a way, where everything is like angels there, demons there, and it's, we're so, either way, we're, we're looking at spiritual things with some kind of perspective on it. So uh, I want us to take a look and, and find out what the Bible says about this, because I think that that has to be our, it has to be our standard if we're looking at it. Uh, but it also, I want to help people get an understanding of, you know, what's healthy and what's not healthy from that perspective and how we discern between the good and the evil, the darkness and the light that's so prevalent in our world and uh, and how we identify this so that we can address it and that we can live lives that are filled with hope and filled with joy, which is what we're all looking for in life. So uh, also on the show, too, I just want to mention Kyle and Todd are here with us. What up? So I was trying to keep them out of the conversation, but I knew eventually they would talk. Can never keep those What's guys What's that quiet. supposed to mean? I don't even know. Yeah, think about it a little blah, bit. Blah, 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 uh, blah, blah. <laughs> Thank you. That was very meaningful. Can you share that with uh, the rest of the audience, the rest of that thought? Blah, 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 blah. Thank you. There you go. So, uh, Dave. Deep stuff <laughs> from Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you have some some good experience on this, and I know I have as well, but uh, I'd like to hear your perspective on if we're, should we even talk about these spiritual things? I mean, are we are we just feeding the superstition of this, or, or do you see things a little bit differently? You know, Jeff, when I think of uh, spiritual warfare, I think a lot of times we don't understand what's going on around us. I mean, no. many of us don't. I love the story in 2 Kings chapter 6. If you understand the story, there's an army that's going to come after Elisha, a whole army that's going to come after him and who, wipe him out. Who is Elisha? Elijah was a prophet of God. He followed Elijah, and then there's Elisha. It's tough that God could have changed the names a little bit, but we, <laughs> we ended up with very similar names. The bottom line really is that Elijah passed it off to Elisha, and Elisha was saying the truth, and he made people mad because he was saying the truth. And so there was an army coming to get him. Now, now picture this. Elisha wakes up one day. He's in his home. He's got a servant with him, and, and the house is surrounded by an army, all right? And, and there's no way that he's going to win this thing. That's not good. No, it's, there's no way. So uh, let me read to you what's said here. In the 14th verse, um, it says, of, of chapter 6 of Second Kings, it says, So he sent their horses and chariots and a great army, and they came at night and surrounded the city. So there's a great army. Not just a, you know, not just a few soldiers. He sent a great army to get Elijah. 
When the servant of the man of God rose up early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So the servant comes in and says, Elijah, we're toast. You know, I mean, what do we do here? What are we going to do? And I could see the physical scare, whatever. You know, what's really cool here is Elisha's response because he knew something. In the 16th verse, he said, do not be afraid. Think of that for a second. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, uh, Todd, Kyle, you, you know, you're in a situation. It's obvious that you're going to die. And I just tell you, don't be afraid. Yeah, that would yeah. be pretty or, intense. Or, or let's, like, let, let me ask you this. Well, <laughs> if you said, let's organize a prayer meeting, what would we be praying for here? <laughs> Probably that I live. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that it goes quickly, probably, because I would look outside. Make Today it would be like the FBI surrounding your house yeah. with tanks and everything else. And you're like, Make oh. it quick and painless. Yeah. So yeah. that would be our prayers. Let's see A what way he says. Out, yeah. He said, he said, do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those are with them. Wow. I'm, I'm sure the servant's going, huh? What? <laughs> what? It's he just, said, those that are with us. Say, now, the what? next verse, the 17th verse. Then Elijah prayed. Now, remember what we said we would pray. Then Elijah prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. <laughs> now, now, that's interesting. So here's what happened. The what? Syrians came down. Well, first you've got to stop there and think. When Elijah had a, a moment to pray, his concern was different than like everybody else's. But I want to suggest this. Elisha knew what was going on, and, and his servant did not. And, and what he didn't ask for deliverance. He asked that he open his eyes. Yeah. He, he trusted that God was in charge. He trusted that God was there. He knew that God could protect him. And all he did was ask, make my servant aware of what's really going on. That's it. That's, that's the key right there. That's it's it. like what If you look in this passage, so we're in 2 Kings 6. And maybe you're thinking, like, why are we looking at the Old Testament? It's just a bunch of stories. But no, you got to realize these are real people in a real situation. Like, the FBI is around Elisha right now, and it's going to go down. And instead of Elisha saying, oh, Lord, please make it go quickly, uh, he said instead, Lord, open this young man's eyes and yeah, he can see it. exactly what I'm seeing. And it's not seeing physically. It's seeing something that's there, but it's it's not physically there, right? Right. My question would be then for you guys as somebody just looking out and not really having a great understanding of this is, did Elisha then know that the angels were there or was that just, how did he know that he was going to live through this? Or, I mean, how did he know he wasn't going to You know, I don't know. That's a great question. I, I'm not sure that he knew that there were angels with chariots or anything else. But But here's what he did know. He knew God. Yeah. And he knew that God was not absent in a trial. He knew that. And he wanted his servant to see that God was not absent. So he just asked him to open his eyes. You know, as, a, as an older guy that gets to mentor um, you guys here and, and some others, that's really some of the prayers that I have with God about you. Just open their eyes, God. Just let them see you. Let them understand who you are. Why? I cannot give you or our listening audience, I can't give them the experiences I've had. I can't give you the understanding that I've had through the years of just uh, running a ministry for 30-some years and, and being around young. I can't give that to you. But God could open your eyes so that you could see that he loves you and protects you and cares for you. But he's going to have to do that. And, and all you need to do is, is keep walking in, in, a, in a way that, that you will make yourself available to see what's really out there. What's really weird is this story ends really strange. I mean, the, the army comes up and Elijah actually goes out and meets them. What? Yeah. And, then he, and, and, and God, it tells us that God blinded their eyes so they didn't know he was Elijah. And, and, and he took him away. In verse 20, he says, As soon as they entered Samaria, Elijah said, Oh, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. This is the second time he's saying open their eyes. Yeah. Now, now, what's interesting is God even blinded the eyes of the soldiers temporarily so, so that they didn't know what was going on. <laughs> and then Elijah twice had to go, Okay, God, would you let them in on this? You know, th- this is how close Elijah walked with God. I mean, you know, let them in on this. And what's funny is as soon as the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elijah, my father, shall I strike them down? Shall I strike them down? Because he took them a place. He said, you want me to kill your enemy? And I said, no, feed them. So Elijah took them all out to lunch. Yeah, you know, I mean, awesome. that's hilarious. I <laughs> mean, it's, all, like, it's like, here's an army. Didn't they all have to hold hands or something yeah, to get I, there? I, you know, I don't even know. It, okay. it's, it's just really funny because it's like, here's a guy scared to death, comes in, Elijah. Elijah, we need to pray. and pray. Okay, pray we will. Open his eyes, God. Wow. There's a lot of chariots of fire out there. Yeah, we're not in trouble. Uh, well, 
Okay, let me ask you this then. Dave, is this relevant for today? Mm-hmm. Why? How? Like, well, I mean, I don't see chariots of fire around me. Does this really you exist? Don't. But it's the exact same thing. What I like to call a positional truth, all right? Where do I have hope? Where do I get hope from? I do not get hope from my ability, my money, my talent, my health, my strength, my circumstances. I don't get hope from that. Where do I get hope from? I get hope from knowing that God, the creator and sustainer of the universe, is my father and that he loves me. That's where my hope comes from. Without that, I have no hope. Now, what I would say today, if somebody came and said, you know, I don't know, I'm scared, whatever, there's a lot of times where I answer them with that. God opened their eyes to the position that they have as your son or your daughter, Mm -hmm. because that matters. Now, if they're not a son or daughter of God, now they can't do that. They can't have that hope. Honestly, Jeff, no matter what happens to Dave Wager, I have hope because I know who is in control of all things. And that's exactly what Elisha was doing right here. Mm -hmm. I mean, he wasn't panicking. He wasn't doing anything. He's like, oh God, open his eyes. So what you're saying is that not, it wasn't, the boy's fault for coming in saying, let's pray. No. Elisha just wanted to say, open your eyes so you can see that God is in control. Whether we live, whether we die, God is in control. That's right. And so it wasn't a matter of open your eyes to see these angels, but open your eyes to know that no matter what happens, that God's in control. No, the, the one that was in the know was Elisha here. Mm-hmm. And, and what's interesting is he did not belittle the young man that came to him. He just asked God to open his eyes so he could see it. And he also did not go after these soldiers he eventually asked that they open their eyes so they could see it. And yeah. in the end, what did Elijah want? Everybody to see God. That's what he wanted them to do. Yeah. And that's what's healthy. In today's culture, it's the same thing. You may not see chariots. Now, look, there are angels and there are demons and they're doing something. And, you know, I don't know what they're doing. So I'm not going to preach that. that. That's not even written out what they're doing right now mm-hmm. completely. I do a doctrine course at MBI on, on, on theology. We, we touch on these things. But what you, in a summary, know is that we don't know a lot about mm-hmm. what's going on there. Yep. However, what I do know is that if you are a true child of God, you need to focus on the fact that you are a child of the king and that he knows what to do. Mm-hmm. That gives you hope. Yep. And, and that's what I would ask God to open your eyes for. And, and if you're sitting there listening tonight and you are saying, I really don't know that I'm a child of the king, I wish you would contact us and give us a chance to talk to you about that one. Yeah. Well, we're going to pick up this conversation on Elisha and how this actually relates to today and spiritual things. So you're not going to want to miss the next segment here on HopeNet Radio. Keep it right here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting, stressed out, need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio, where we have the best night beatboxing crew out there on our show. That's right. Word. Whatever that was, that was awesome. Uh, tonight on the show, we're not beatboxing. I'm sorry. Uh, and that's going to be copywritten, so don't take that and mass produce it. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> tonight on the show, we're talking about spiritual things. We're talking about the ghoulish displays, and you know, ultimately it's this, I guess for lack of better phrasing, holiday. It's not really a holy day, but it's a holiday, and our culture is very much immersed in dark spiritual things. And so we want to talk about this, give some clarity and perspective. So I'm sure you're just itching to get our, our perspective on some of these things. Email us your questions or your thoughts at hope at hopenet360.com tonight. So Dave, you're talking about Elisha. You're talking about this story that uh, some people will look at and say, well, if they read anything in the Old Testament, all it is is a bunch of fairy tales. So I don't really know that this is really relevant for today. I mean, it's it's a good story. It seems a little bit weird. Elisha just looked up and he saw a bunch of, if you're going to put it in modern day terms, he saw the FBI standing outside his house surrounding it with some tanks and some heavy artillery. And it didn't look so good for him. Putting it in and paraphrasing in my own terms here, Elisha looked up and instead of saying, uh, instead he was just oh, no. like, he's like, panic. Now. He, had, he had a, a young guy with him and he's like, dude, just chill out. Just, um, you know, he just prayed, said, God, let him open his eyes. Like just open his eyes. And that doesn't seem like the right response. It wouldn't be what my human response would be. Um, 
give us some perspective a little bit on on what was going on with Elisha and how this is really relevant for today. You know, first of all, you have to understand that Elisha had a great relationship with God. And, and we are not about religious stuff. We are about relationships. Relationships matter. And conversations in good relationships save lives. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to understand that. Um, everything about God is relational. It, it isn't religious. And by that, I mean religion oftentimes is construed to be a bunch of rules and regulations, and maybe God, I'm, I'm pleasing enough to God now, maybe I can do this, or maybe I can do that. And, and, and it really kind of uh, mentions or has the idea of an angry God in heaven that's waiting to punish and hurt people, and so you better keep all the rules. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really not what's portrayed in the Bible. What's portrayed in the Bible is that God is a loving God who desires to love us, which means he desires to give us real choice so we can either include him or not include him in our lives. And then we have to live with the consequences of that choice. Mm-hmm. And that's really simple. E- Elisha uh, wanted to live with God in his life. And, and in that sense, his hope was in the right place. His hope was in the position that he had as a child of God. His hope was in God. And all he did was ask the very normal question. For him, it was very normal. You know, open his eyes. Why? Because he knew God. He knew that God would take care of him. He knew that he is not going to get in trouble uh, without God orchestrating and allowing it. And then it has a good reason. Um, there was a young man here for the summer in the year 2011. His dad just talked to me recently and, and basically said that the, the summer he spent here at Silver Bird Ranch was so critical for him because he left and he went out on the Marines after that. And, and he was in Iraq, and he was uh, leading his platoon or whatever they call him. I'm not sure what it was. Mm-hmm. And he basically said that one of his attitudes that came from camp was, I know who God is. I know that he can protect me. And, and he wasn't doing foolish things, but he wasn't afraid to charge up a hill. He honestly believed that God would be there with him. Mm-hmm. And, and as he charged up the hill, he did not believe there'd be a random bullet there would not be anybody able to take him down unless God allowed it. Now, that's what I'm talking about. That's today. Yeah. Elisha was yesterday. That's today. Same with me. I, I'm a guy that has struggled physically in a lot of areas and different things, but I have a position. And, and really what I need to do is open my eyes and understand that God loves me. He has a plan for me. And, and in that plan and in that love, I will be okay because of who he is. Yeah. Now, now, that's how it's relevant to today. And I know you said something else, Jeff, that's kind of interesting. Uh, you guys, Todd and um, Kyle, you like history? Yeah, yeah, I, I love do. History. Yeah. Do you? I think we should trash it all. Okay. Well then, fine. <laughs> right. Well, well, the reason I'm saying that is because of uh, the comment earlier. We we basically have people saying, "Oh, the Old Testament is this and that." No, it's history. I mean, call it what you want. Mm-hmm. Somebody recorded things. Yes. And and if you just want to, you know, let's just pretend that Napoleon never existed. I mean, let's, I, I don't like that Dynamite? story. So. No, not that guy. <laughs> you know, yeah, let's, we can pretend he doesn't exist too. Uh, but but let's let's pretend yes, you know let's pretend that that certain things in history didn't matter. Do you ever think it's weird that some of those uh, countries in the Middle East uh, claim that the Holocaust never happened? Hmm. It did, it did, and and we need to see and learn from that in history. And to say that it didn't happen is foolishness. I mean, it just is foolishness. And and likewise. Um, when somebody says, you know, oh, the Old Testament's not relevant, well, neither is any history then. Just live without it, and, and you'll be doomed to repeat the mistakes of the past. If you want to go into the Old Testament, you will see that God hides nothing, that he hides the mistakes, he tells you the good stuff, it's all right there. Why? We can learn from history, and, and the Old Testament helps us do that. Yep. I think we're going to get on that on, a, on another show as far as um, how we can rely on Scripture. It's an important show to do, and I don't want to, I don't want to just lightly right. go over that. But, we'll, we'll just um, leave it there. Kyle and Todd, I'm, I'm wondering from your perspective, how do we, how do we actually talk about spiritual things without sounding like a wacko today? Because isn't it? Don't people find it weird if you start talking about angels or you start talking about demons? Yeah, I think that's one of those subjects, though, that no matter how you talk about it, you're going to sound radical because it's having faith in something that you can't see, and in our world. Everybody's heard the expression, seeing is believing. Mm-hmm. And so, like, to believe there's powers out there that have an influence on our lives. You know, I'm not exactly sure how you would talk about it without sounding, like, fanatical or whatever. But I think just, I think you read the Bible, you believe what it says. And if people think you're crazy, well, I mean, that's not your problem. If you're just 
going through what's in the Bible because the Bible has been proven over and over and over again. So if somebody else has a problem with the Bible, it's not the Bible's problem. Yeah, yeah, Todd, I I agree with you, and I and I even would take it to a next step in saying that what you say to somebody else is going to be used by God. So if He chooses to let that person hear what you're saying, then He chooses to let that person hear what you're saying. Yes, yeah, He might not. De- he might decide not to let that person hear what you're going to have to say. So. If you're worried about um, sounding weird, don't be because God's going to use what you say no matter what you say. It never returns. Yeah. yeah. So it's not about it's not about how smart or how weird or how funny you sound or how weird you sound. Who, who's that guy in Duck Dynasty that that gave? Remember the video I showed of the Phil? <laughs> the, yeah, that, yeah. He's the commander. Yeah. And and basically, if you hear what he said, I think it, it's what Jeff is talking about here. Uh, remember, he he was saying, you know, this guy came into my beer joint and. And started to tell people about Jesus, and I, I just put him in the back room, and and then all kinds of stuff, you know. And at the end, he goes, "I, I didn't want to let anyone know actually I was listening to him, you know what I mean?" Yeah. And and later I contacted him and talked to him when he wasn't in my beer joint, you know, what I mean yeah. that kind of thing. So I think th- there you have it, right there. Yeah. Here's a guy that wasn't afraid to go talk to somebody about what he really believed, what he really understood. Yeah. The funny thing is, truth is that way. The disciples, every single one of them, knew Jesus, and 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 people wanted him to say they didn't. Mm-hmm. How could you do that? I mean, I did, and they killed him for it. It's yeah. like, well, we'll take care of you. No, you know what? If you know something, you know something. I, I don't know what you can do to stop that, yeah. and and I think you can't be ashamed of that. All right, we're going to keep this conversation going. So uh, make sure to get your emails into us. Hope at hopenet three sixty dot com. Connect with us on Facebook. This is a big topic, and uh, we want your input as well. So we're going to take a break and play some music. Keep it right here on Hopenet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Tonight is all about spiritual things. And no, we're not talking about being hyper-spiritual and making demons out of nothing. Uh, we're talking about what's realistic and what really does happen in the spiritual realm and that we're just saying it 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 exists and we actually do have some answers about it, uh, oddly enough. And no, we're not palm readers. We're not people that throw out a black cat just to get you to, to believe something that's maybe not true. We want you to know the answers to what really happens in the spiritual realm and to not be afraid of it, but to know and be able to discern between what's right, what's not right, you know, what's darkness and what is light, and uh, to know what God's Word says about this. So tonight, if you want to get in the conversation, we hope you do. Email us, hope at hopenet360.com. Again, connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, anytime you can be listening to the podcast, you can email us, Facebook us, give us your questions, your feedback, and I uh, would love to know your thoughts tonight. So, Dave, continuing on in this conversation, and Kyle and Todd, I really do want your input as well on this because uh, you guys have some really keen insights on it. You know, what are some pretty typical superstitions that we have in our culture, what do you guys? What have you guys seen? Black the, cats, the ladder, walking under a ladder, salt over the shoulder, knocking on some wood. Yeah, I've seen that. One. How come there's not a thirteenth floor in a building? There isn't. In a lot of buildings in downtown Chicago it goes from twelve to fourteen. What do you want? Bad luck? What? Yeah. Of course, there's not. A 13th I've never floor. heard of yeah, that. Nobody will rent a thirteenth floor. Whoa! Likewise, in big motels, hotels, you go. There's no thirteenth floor. Well, how do they hey, get? Yeah, yeah, how think, do you get to fourteen without you 13? skip yeah, one, Todd? Think, uh, <laughs> Think of how logical that is. You're on the 14th floor. I'm glad there's not a 13th. Uh, yeah, you know, what floor is it? Yeah. Really, Dad's run there. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like limbo. Are we saying that superstitions are kind of silly? Is that what's coming out here? It sounds that way. Yeah. I, uh, I think we do. I just I I find it interesting. You know, we again we live in a culture that on one end says there's nothing spiritual. We should get rid of religion. We should get rid of all this faith stuff. Don't talk about it. Don't bring it up. You know, there's there's no point to it. It's pointless. It's a bunch of man-made stuff, and uh, it makes no sense. And the other side of it says, no, everything is spiritual. There's a demon around every single corner, and that's just how you live your life. And so we don't really want either one of those things. We know there are spiritual things. And so tonight in our conversation, you know, many of you have driven past uh, some kind of a Halloween display. People are looking for ghosts. They're looking for vampires. We see these movies come out, Harry Potter books, Twilight, Bewitched. I mean, you name it. Blair Witch Project is a, a horror movie. Horror movies sell. You know, people are they're afraid of dark things. Why? Why do they sell? I don't know why. It's I think we're just intrigued by darkness. We're intrigued by spiritual things. 
maybe you're listening and you you have some questions and you're like I've seen this I've seen this I don't understand it you know let's let's even bring up the the conversation guys about haunted houses yeah. do you think there are really haunted houses out there no I don't you don't but no. what about people that say oh, I've been to a haunted house and yeah. it's well I, like, I think there's some real weird stuff there I think I've that if, if you go into the Bible you will find out that demons are real Satan is real those things are real and and those things can happen anywhere they can. And, and one of the more interesting things to me, Jeff, is if you read the Bible through, Satan can't really bother a person or demons can't unless they allow him to. I mean, they, they have to set up the atmosphere for it. And what once, do you mean by that? Well, uh, let's say this. You have to, first of all, uh, not have God around. I mean, that, that's number one. It has to be a godless place. I was in Africa and um, we were uh, traveling and, and we were on our third spare tire and we got our last flat and we had one more spare. And the missionary looked over at us that were traveling and said, you know, we're in trouble. We're in deep trouble here because this isn't a good place to have a, a flat. Mm. And so he got out of the car. It's like he, the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, no, it was just people were coming at us with clubs and things. And we were Americans. We had a car. I mean, they, it's a village in the middle of, of Uganda that has no mm. police. And, and they would easily kill us for the car. However, I immediately, there was a young guy with us. He said, get under there and change that tire and I'll go talk to the people. I had no idea what I was going to say. I don't even speak their language in a way. Yeah. They spoke English, but they had an accent to it. But immediately, as soon as I started walking towards the people, the people dropped their clubs and they backed off. And I thought, yeah, I'm bad. I'm bad. And <clears throat> that, that's not what happened, though. There was a guy with us who was six foot ten, three hundred thirty 330 pounds. Oh. And he got out of the car. Ah, uh, gotcha. And, and you remember, that's hand-to-hand combat. I mean, he got out of the car. And Six ten, three hundred and thirty five pounds. Yeah, yeah. Holy and, and I cow. did not That's a beast. It's yeah. a big fish. Yeah, I that's did. a big man. Yeah, I did not know he got out of the car, but he got out of the car, and I'm thinking, yeah, you guys know who you're messing with. You know, the, the thing is, the whole time it had nothing to do with me, nothing. So yeah, I, I guess my point is is very simple. I do think that that sometimes what's happening in our lives. We get to where we don't really know what's going on or why things happen, but they're happening. It's clear in the Bible. The atmosphere there was disastrous until my buddy got out of the car. Once he got out of the car, the atmosphere changed, and now all of a sudden it's not disastrous. How do you let Satan into your life? Well, first and foremost, you just live in darkness. That's where he dwells. You live in lies or pretend world. That's where he dwells. And, and when you do that, uh, you're going to be in an atmosphere that really works well for him to communicate with you and destroy your life. Right. And, and you have to remember, he doesn't, look in the Bible, he doesn't come to you and say, I would like you to be the next uh, John Wayne Gacy and go murder a bunch of people. Uh, you'd probably say no to that. Mm-hmm. But he works the system so that he can work on you slowly in acceptable ways to you. Yep. And that's what's hard for us to grasp. It's very real. And, and I think to pretend it's not real, what happens sometimes, these superstitions are just goofy uh, in some respects. Because what they do is they start getting us to focus on, on just something like, oh, I better not do this. Uh, or, or you know, Look at the athletes before a game. They won a game uh, once, and they did real well, and, and they happened to go up the stairs two at a time. And now before every game, they go up the stairs two at a time, thinking that that had something to do with the performance that they did out on the field. And, and I would tell them it has nothing to do with your performance out on the field. Yeah, but I did it once and it worked, and I think I think now I have to play. You know, no, I'm sorry. It's really interesting how, as you said before, Jeff, that so many of us play in the spiritual realm but deny the spiritual realm mm-hmm. because that superstition thing is playing in the spiritual realm. It is. Yeah, it is. It, it totally is. And um, you know, darkness can take many different forms. There are many people today that are struggling. They're not really struggling. They're just. They're caught in in alcoholism, you know, alcohol addictions are, are a huge thing, drug addictions. All of those things have spiritual ramifications. I mean, all of those things are places where darkness can can reside. I mean, that's just that's the the reality of it. And you can say, oh, I'm not a religious person, I'm not a spiritual person. That's still I mean, there's still a dark spirit there. There's right. still I mean, there's no light of God, so you're left with darkness. You're left with not being able to see clearly. I, I would encourage our listeners, you know, we when you are, are ending up on the, the side where you're just fearful and you have no hope, that's not of God. God always supplies hope. And when you are in a spot where you are fearful, oh, no, I can never go under that ladder. I will die if I walk under that ladder. That's not from God. I could tell you, I promise you this, I can walk under all the ladders in the world. And, and, and if God wants me fine as I walk under those ladders, I'll be fine. That, that has nothing to do with whether I'm okay or not. 
what we do is we, we start to stretch things out to a fear side that shouldn't be there. I understand, Jeff, there are people that right now are afraid to live, yet they're afraid to die. They're, they're afraid all the time. Yep. That's not how God made it. And, and that shows the spirit world right there. We need to understand what we need to do. I, I want to encourage our listeners. The one thing in life that you were made to do is know God, love God. I mean, it's the same thing. Know him, and as you get to know him, you'll love him. And this has ramifications on every other area of your life. And you need to be able to do that. And you'll know by the fruits who do. Dave, this is a, a passage that I really I love to read and reflect on. We're talking about spiritual things. We're talking about light and dark. And we're talking about good and evil. And um, in John 1, it's just it lays out clearly um, where the light of the world is. And I, I just yeah. want to read this. So John 1, starting at verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He was a witness, and so it goes on in this. Uh, He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive them, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Just that whole picture of where the light of the world is, it's Jesus. Jesus came to be the light of the world. And we talked about it earlier. Darkness doesn't exist. It's just an absence of light. When there's no light in a room, it's dark. Once you flip the switch on, there's light. And there it is. And so tonight we're hoping that you would take time and flip on that switch. And we're hoping this conversation will flip a switch for you. And maybe you're asking bigger questions. You can email us. You can also go and talk to a live coach right now at HopeNet360.com. We're going to take a break and play some more music. You've got it locked in here on HopeNet Radio, and this conversation is going to continue. So stick around. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Tonight, if you're just joining us, it's good to have you with us. Tonight, we're talking about spiritual things. This is the time of the year where for pretty much everybody that I've seen in my neighborhood, it seems like there's some kind of display for Halloween. And uh, while I don't really do much for celebrating it, I'll, I'm not afraid to hand out candy or anything like that. I don't really do the whole decoration thing. But so many people these days are. They're intrigued, apparently, by... We're just we're people that are intrigued by spiritual things. And uh, there's a lot of darkness in our world. And so tonight we want to help you to talk about these things. We want to hear from you. So you can email us anytime. Hope at HopeNet360.com is our email address. Facebook and Twitter are also available, and Dave and I are hanging out there waiting for your comments and your messages and thoughts just on whether it's Halloween or just spiritual things, weird stuff you've seen that you don't know how to explain. We're talking about that stuff tonight. So uh, not meant to be a weird show, but again, I think we're all intrigued by spiritual things tonight. So that's our conversation. You can join in with us. We hope you do, Dave. Uh, We are talking about superstitions that people have. There's some weird things we see in our culture, and and uh, I want to hear from your perspective too. Like, are there other times where you've talked to somebody and and it you've realized pretty quickly that there is something more spiritual going on or underneath that maybe we're just they aren't seeing or we're not seeing or or we are, you were able to give some kind of insight on that? Yeah, you know, I think in most cases we are in a position where there's something going on that's bigger than what we see. And, and that's just obvious. I mean, it, there, there's uh, right now God is doing something. Right now Satan is up to something. Right now angels are doing something. Just because I'm not aware of it doesn't mean that it's not being done. Mm-hmm. And, and again, am I saying, well, you need to be worried about what, bumping into an angel or whatever. I mean, I could fill the whole program with talking about passages in the Bible where strange things happen with angels to angels. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and we're not going to do that. But what I'm saying is there's a reality out there that we need to understand exists. Um, and, and then we need to understand how darkness traps us because it does trap us. The word really is snare. Satan has these snares, if you want to call it. Now, do you know what a snare is? What's a snare? 
what comes to mind for me is like trapping. Like okay. To exactly. trap an animal, like you put it out, you camouflage it, you put bait out there, and then boom. Yeah. Done. And, and and usually use bait that they like. Right. Yeah. I mean that's the whole point of bait, right? And and, and what we have to understand is that Satan is a master at snaring us. So he's not going to tempt you with something that you don't struggle with at no. all. No. In fact, he's going to put something out there. It's going to look good to you. You're going to think about how good it would be to have whatever that is, and you're going to go towards that. In fact, uh, when when Jesus was telling us about how Satan works, and a lot of people don't get this about Satan uh, or this passage about it, but he was in, in Mark chapter 4, the 15th verse, and he was, gave us the parable of the soils, believe it or not. And, and, and in the first way, I said, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. If you remember what happened is there was a guy throwing seed, and, and some of the seed fell on a hard path and it couldn't grow. And some of it fell in soil where it grew real uh, quickly and then died. And some uh, fell on soil where it grew with a bunch of weeds. And then, uh, uh, you know, at the end, there had to be a harvest and you had to separate the two. And some fell on good soil. Now, that's very important to understand. Uh, I've heard this passage taught weird in, in many times because people will say, well, you've got to decide, uh, you know, what kind of person you're going to be. See, I think it's already decided right now really? because of how you spent your time already. Uh, so, uh, in other words, if you have not spent your time at all preparing the soil at all, uh, it's too late right now. You need to go start spending time preparing the soil. Right. Uh, so it's, it's, it's more of like, no, every human being is going to act in one of these four ways. It's not like I'm going to adjust that right now. I need to adjust that before I come. It's kind of like the byproduct we talked of. Yeah. Uh, and interesting, the very first thing is it says the seed that is sown on the hard path. Here's what it says in the 15th verse. It says, and these are the ones along the path. Okay, the seeds are sown along the path where the word is sown. But when they hear Satan... The word, you know, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that has been sown in them. So here's one of Satan's tactics. I don't know how many of you guys, and, and I, I would love to hear from Kyle and Todd on this one especially, uh, you're sitting in church, you're listening to a message or Sunday school or a, a Bible study or whatever, a youth group, and um, a guy just pours his heart out, and you remembered every word of it when you left, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wrong. You, you didn't remember it. I mean, how many times have you heard something and not heard it? Well, a lot. I think there's been times, though, where I think some messages is stick. Is okay, why me. would they stick? Because um, they're meaningful and it probably relates to what I was going through at that ah, moment. Something ahead of time. Something ahead of time was a setup, right? Now, now here, somebody comes to a youth group. All they're thinking about is is the party they just left or the sport they just left. They come and they sit down, and they can't wait because afterwards they're going out for ice cream. And, and that's how they're thinking. And then they sit down, and they wonder why they're not getting anything out of the Bible. Yeah. Well, the problem is not the Bible, and the problem is not the teacher. The problem is the atmosphere in which it was accepted kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know how many messages. I grew up in a church, and I don't know how many messages I sat through and heard but did not hear. You know, because I was waiting for something later. I was going to go to a football game. I was going to do something else. I mean, I heard it. I was respectful. I made it made some good sense to me. But see what happens. Um, I'll give you another example in today's modern era. You know, I might teach a class on Bible, and um, and, and I might say something that, that is just uh, something that God put on my heart, and I'm sharing with them. I'm pleading. I'm begging. And then what do the kids do? They pull out their phones immediately on the way out and start texting somebody. And it's like, man, lost completely. Whatever I just said is now gone. And what we need to understand is that's one of Satan's snares. That's how he gets us. Yep. It's like, no, it's not that we're, it's not okay that you're just around the Bible yep. and, and just hearing it with your ears. You need to do something with it. And one of the ways that Satan destroys us is that way. It is. Dave, I'm just, I'm thinking visually here. And for a person who owns the Bible and has never read it, it's kind of like a person who walks around the darkness and has a flashlight and doesn't turn it on. Right. That's exactly how I see it. And I think that's where... Tonight, that's the point of our show is that we want you to know that whether you're in a, a place of darkness, you've been going through a very difficult time in your life, the only hope you really have is if you're able to find that flashlight and turn it on. Right. That's your only hope. If you're caught in darkness and you, you don't know what the next thing is and you're afraid that something's going to jump out and snag you and, and, that, and that's it, that tonight you don't have to live in that fear. You don't have to live in that paralyzing darkness where you can't see and you bump into doors and, and there are black cats all over the place and bats and whatever you want to call ghosts and all that stuff. This... 
this isn't this isn't what we were destined to live like, no. not you know, to live in darkness. Yeah, you know, the Bible talks so much about farming and atmosphere and that kind of thing, and it's on purpose. There, there are certain things that will grow in certain environments, right. and, and you need to set your environment up. If you want to know God, he's promised this. If you really want to know him, you'll find him. If you're looking for him, you'll find him. And, and so those of you that say, I can't find God, I will tell you, you're not really looking for him. Yeah. There are other things in your life that are in the way, and, and you're really not looking for him. And you hear that quite frequently, too. People use that excuse a lot that they just don't know where God is. Right. You know? Right. And, and, and you know, you've got to look at him and say, look, it's, you're not looking because he's not hiding. It's a matter of promising even that you can find him. And I think that's one of Satan's first snares in that, in that soil thing. I mean, it's very obvious. And we can talk about the other soils if you want because they're all kind of satanic and how they work except for the last one. Uh, but, but that first one, uh, I encourage people, if you hear something, you hear something from uh, HopeNet360 program here, you hear something in, in church, you hear someone talk to you, you sit down and think about it a little bit and then go on to your next activity. Yeah, in, in our next segment, we're going to take a break here, but in our next segment, I do want to cover a couple of passages in Ephesians because this gives us some real insight on where light and darkness intersect and, and how uh, we can overcome this and understand what the Word of God says. So we're going to take a quick break here, play some more music, and uh, you're not going to want to miss our next part of the conversation in Ephesians. So maybe grab your Bible and uh, stick around. Keep it here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, Hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Good to be with you tonight. Again, email us anytime on the show, Hope at HopeNet360.com. We're talking about spiritual things and uh, the things that are unseen. And now we're not being... I don't think we're being controversial or we're being uh, hyper-spiritual about it. Some people would say that those that talk about angels and demons and this whole like good versus bad and, and stuff, is just kind of an overreaction. And uh, when you look outside and you see all these you know ghost displays and, and all that stuff in our neighborhoods, it just it causes me to think people are really intrigued about spiritual things these days and, uh, and how much people are really intrigued by the spirits and, and the dark things in the world more than they are the, the things of what's light and what's good and and uh, right and true. And um, so, interestingly enough, I think the book of Ephesians in the Bible really does put some really good light on this issue, if you will. I want to just talk from Ephesians 5 and kind of open this up. So if, if you have your Bible or whatever, you can open to Ephesians 5. But Paul writes in here, he says, Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse their sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. And this is where it comes in. For once, you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. That's why it's said, Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. And that's our message to you tonight, is that there is light on this issue. And we're going to open that up, we're going to expose what really is dark, and allow the light of God to come in and, and to invade that space. So, um, Dave, any thoughts on this passage just initially? Yeah, you know, that's a very powerful passage. We have to realize <laughs> that light exposes things as they are. Yes. And and oftentimes, if, if I'm working somewhere and I want to see how I can fix something, maybe there's a leak somewhere in my house and a plumbing, whatever, first thing I do is look for light and put it on the, the spot that's bad so I can see clearly what the problem is. Light helps us see what the problem is. I don't know how many uh, people might be um, tonight, you know, Jeff listening to us, thinking, mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of hope. I don't know how to get out of this. Light helps you see what the problem is. Yes. So, so let's get into the Bible. Let's talk to God. Light will help you see the problem. Now, does light fix the problem? Well, it shows you what the problem is, mm -hmm. and now you can make the choice on how to fix that. Right. And, and, it, and it, it could be very clear. It, Otherwise, you don't know what to do half the time. So while you were reading that, I was thinking that line, you know, thank you, God, for light. I, I am a big light person. My eyes aren't that good, it seems, as I'm getting older. And, and boy, I keep, I want bright lights on the things I work on yep. so that I can see it. I love reading my iPad because it's got a bright light behind it. I can see things clearly, that kind of thing. So yeah. I want to encourage our listeners, 
Light is not something that you, you need to be afraid of. It's only going to show you what's there anyway. It's there. Yep. You need to see it. You, and, and, and think of this. Think of not knowing that it's there and living as if it isn't. That's pretty dangerous. Like, let's say um, I, I walked into a motel room. I was speaking out in San Diego, and I walked into a motel room, and I turned on the lights. Man, the cockroaches, they just scattered. <laughs> they scattered. You know what I mean? They oh, scattered. Man. Some uh, people it, are so afraid of cockroaches, yeah. too. Well, I, I know, you know, I've never really seen them before that because of the fact that I live here in northern Wisconsin and or something. Maybe they are here in northern Wisconsin, but they're not my house, so I, I, don't, I don't know. But all of a sudden, I'm on the bed, man. I'm, I jump right up there. It's like, what are these things? Yeah. You know, but the light made the cockroaches scatter. Now, it would have been very nice if I didn't even know they were there, except for that would have freaked me out worse at some point. Yep. Get up in the middle of the night and start crunching you know, cockroaches is not my idea of a nice motel room. So it's that kind of thing. And, and that's what I have to ask our listeners. Do you really want to live your life without knowing? Yeah. That's well, what I... You need to see. That's all. Does yeah, that make sense, do. Todd and Kyle? I mean, the idea of, of a light exposing things and then... Then you get the choice to either respond to it or not respond to it. I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. Light does reveal um, what's there, like you're talking about. But this passage uh, came to mind, and it just was interesting to me, is John three nineteen, and then it goes on a little bit. It says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light. And will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly. And what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Mm-hmm. It's really cool because, I mean, it's like, you know, God sees it all anyways. But people that want to live upright and righteous lives, they'll be like, they'll be held accountable. They'll yeah. tell somebody what they're struggling with, dealing with, and they don't have to worry about it. Have you, know you ever I mean? walked, I mean, we talked about earlier, Dave, you used the example of getting into a, a snowmobile suit, going out in the middle of winter and laying down in the snow and looking up at the sky. And uh, I just, hopefully you realize at some point you're going to have to go back inside where it's warm. Yeah. Um, but to look up and, and to, to just see darkness around you, and have you, have you guys ever walked through a woods or something with somebody else? And you've walked without a flashlight before? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. difficult. And what happens when somebody, you notice somebody else has like a pocket light or something? What happens there? I say, give me that. Uh, I turn it on. Take it out. What are we doing walking in the dark? Yeah. Like. <laughs> right. But you, you end up following that person, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Why is oh, that? Because yeah. they can see. You know? Isn't, you know, that, isn't that interesting in yeah. life yeah, that but... <laughs> we're looking for somebody who has the, the light to show them the right way to go? So they don't fall into a hole or, or something even worse? Yeah. You know, believe it or not, once I was coming uh, up middle of the night and I had an electrical problem on the vehicle I was driving and all the lights went out. And mm. I was in the middle of the Menominee Indian Reservation on the very curvy road along. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I had some choices to make. I could sit here and start walking. It was before cell phones. But a car came by. I got right behind it. Mm. And and I used that car to get me through the reservation. Wow! Um, I just used that light to help me get through there. And it, you know, I tell people that story, and, and they they think, "Oh man, you should have." You know what? The light was bright. They had their brights on. I had nothing on behind them. I could see as well as they could see. But I hugged right behind them, and I stayed the rest of the rest. Now I, I'm sorry to whoever that is uh, to this day. But um, <laughs> you probably thought you were some. Yeah, psycho probably thought killer. I was. Probably, you know. Probably thought I was trying talk to about follow darkness. Me. Yeah. The Yikes. guy. The guy doesn't even have his lights on. He's following me. But yeah. that wasn't the case. The case was. I was hopeless. Just I could not see. I could not travel. There are no lights on that road. But when one came by, it was so bright. I thought, let me give this a wing. And mm-hmm. I did, and it worked. I followed him home safely. Did he just keep driving faster and faster because he thought you were? No, you know what? I'm not even sure he saw me. Okay. It was dark. I okay. mean, and, and yeah. they had the lights. I mean, it was dark. I was just sitting on the side of the road, and I had to take off pretty quick to keep up with him uh, yeah. at that point. That's a quick decision. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what his conversation well, in the cab was if he did see her. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but the, the bottom line really is, in, in all of that, that's exactly what Jeff was talking about. Yeah. When, when you see someone who has the light, for example, the Bible tells us that we are to be, uh, Jesus does in Matthew, lights of the world. We're also to be salt. Mm-hmm. So the two terms he uses are salt and light. And, and we just talked about light and how important that is. Salt has the same quality to it. Salt, not, not lighting up or anything, but salt preserves the good in a substance. So, so what we do as Christians 
is we get to have light. We get to know where we're going. We get to see all the junk. That's why you can tell a Christian anything if they really love God, (laughs) because the junk is noticeable anyway. What we need to do is clean it up. Can you kind of explain that? Because I don't think um, everybody realizes that like salt was once used as a preservative. Yeah, the, the preservative thing is um, when you put salt like on meat, it kills the bacteria on it. And so the meat can stay and the bacteria doesn't eat it. So it preserves the meat. And, and what Jesus was pretty much saying is I get to be that. I get to preserve the good while killing the bad. I, I get to do that. I get to preserve like my marriage. I get to have a good marriage. And, and, and in that, I get to show the world what, what is good about marriage. See, mm-hmm. I get that responsibility. And we're supposed to be what preserves the culture. It preserves what's good in the yeah. culture and right. light leading the culture. That is, wow, it's great. Just a, a great visual example of that. So tonight, you know, maybe you've been looking in darkness to find your way through. And it, stuff hasn't been working out, been looking in the wrong places. We have live coaches waiting to be that light for you tonight, you can log in and chat with a live coach one-on-one at hopenet360.com. Just click on the chat with a live coach button, and uh, they'll be there to answer any questions that you have and just listen to what's going on in your life and help you to battle the darkness. Again, it's not so much about darkness existing. It's about a lack of light. And so hopefully tonight we can flip on that switch for you and give you some some ideas and, and input, insight on what's really going on. So we're going to finish up this show when we come back and take a break here and play some music. Keep it locked in here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Good to be with you tonight. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com. Connect with us. Give us some of your feedback, some thoughts on tonight. Dave, interestingly enough, the Bible has a lot to say about spiritual things and how we can look and see. Um, one passage that just comes to mind, and I'm hoping you can pull it up and read it, but Ephesians 6 talks about spiritual things and kind of gives us a perspective that we can look through our eyes and see the world in a different way. So, uh, if you have it, would you pull it up and, uh, I and do. just read through it? You know, it says here, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. I, I want to pause there because if they were listening to us all along, if not, please get the podcast. You have to understand the strength that you have is from your position as a child of God. It does not come from your ability, your strength. That's not where you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. It comes from God. And it's funny how the Apostle Paul starts there. Finally, be strong in the Lord, not in your money, not in your decision, be strong in the Lord. I know that sounds fuzzy, but what that simply means is have a really strong relationship with God. Spend time with God. Listen to God. That's what it means. And in the strength of his might. See, I know this for sure. If you were listening before, we talked about my six foot 10 friend getting out of a car. You know, the bottom line is people were respecting me because he was around me. I was safe because of him, not because of me. That's what it's being said here. Be strong in the Lord and others have a good relationship with God and in the strength of his might. All right. If you're listening today, there's a couple of categories you're in. You may not even be a Christian. If you're not in God's family, then darkness will rule. It'll be tough for you. I am inviting you to contact us and understand what it is to be in God's family. Secondly, you could be one who's trying to be strong in your methods, strong in in some other things, and you keep failing. Yeah, because the only way to win this thing is to be strong in the Lord and his strength. And then it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Now, earlier I talked about schemes as snares, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. You know, believe it or not, this passage is so powerful. There are snares out there. There's, There's things to get you. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But against the rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, Mm -hmm. since it is true that Satan would like to destroy you, and and do you guys know why Satan wants to destroy us? Why? Because God loves us. That's it. That's it. He can't beat God. He can beat us. And and if you want to hurt me, hurt my wife or my children, Mm -hmm. and you've hurt me. I would rather have you take me on. And, and, and Satan knows that he can't take God on. He loses. So he goes after us. Therefore, verse 13, take up the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day 
having done all to stand firm. Look, you have some responsibility here. Yep. You need to you need to make some right choices. You got to fight. You got to. It says stand. It doesn't say run or anything else. Stand there for having fastened the belt of truth. It just starts saying, look, there is a truth. Cling to it. That's yep. the light right there. The light will expose everything. Once it's exposed, you'll know what to do. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, that has to do with doing right, and the shoes for your feet, having the readiness given to the gospel of peace. In other words, be ready to move and help and, and serve and go out with people and talk to them about Jesus. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. That's the position thing I'm talking about. In all circumstances, I don't care what happens, my heavenly father is my heavenly father. And if I'm sick or I'm wealthy or, or something bad happens, he's still there. And that's what faith is. You cannot beat me as long as I have faith in God. Not faith in things that don't deliver, yep. but God delivers. So it says, with that, you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. See, very incredible. Again, Satan's trying to get you. He is trying to destroy you. The only way I can stop him is by saying, I'm with him. Mm-hmm. I'm with God. You can't get me. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not, I'm with Dave. I have better methods. I've, I've yep. gripped my teeth. I'm now going to beat this addiction on my own. No, I'm with him. And, and, and you're going to have to deal with him. Now, there's no way for Satan to win that one. There, there isn't. I promise you. Yep. And, and, and then it says, if you do that, what will happen? It extinguishes the flaming darts of the evil one. And it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Look, the thing that protects you the most is the helmet. It is. Why, why is that there? Because of the fact that if you're not in God's family, you have no protection. You're the most vulnerable to the evil one. The, the helmet will protect you. Take that salvation, that position as a child of God, and you will be protected. And, and then it mentions an offensive weapon, the only thing in that. It, it's a sword. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. If you want to talk to somebody about truth, use the Bible, yeah. not, not your own being. So that, that, Jeff, is just a quick summary of that, that passage, but it is a critical passage. And I would invite our friends to go, go read it about a thousand times and tell me what you learned from it. Yeah, the, Satan is going to try to do whatever he can to keep you from turning on that flashlight. He's going to use deception. He's going to use things like alcohol and drugs and all those things, sex, to make you feel like those are a replacement for the disappointments that you've had in your life. And those aren't going to fill you up. Those are just going to tear you down more. It's going to get you to destroy yourself from the inside out. And, I mean, those are things that we wrestle against. But Those are physical things. We wrestle against spiritual things. And so our fascination with darkness, with these, you know, spirits, ghosts, goblins, sorcery, magic, all these dark things... Uh, it's just it's it's to show us we really do want to understand something that we can't see, yeah. and thankfully we have the light of the world. I mean that's Christ. That's the reason that Jesus came into this world is to be a light for us. You know yeah. he came to be a sacrifice and all those things, but he showed the way, and that's what light does. Light shows us the way. Darkness doesn't exist when light's there. I mean if if light is totally illuminating a room, it, there's no darkness unless yeah. it's hidden by some some obstacle in the way. Or Psalm one nineteen verses one hundred five um, just comes to mind it says your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path and that passage there a lamp to my feet light to my path thing a lamp isn't very bright but it shows you where your next step is but it's a light to my path because it's going to keep you on that track and you'll be able to look back and say wow i went from that point to that point only with a light in front of me but i saw my way and i could go and i didn't fall and and you'll see your snares you'll see your snares you'll see the things that are bothersome and for those without jesus those who want to exclude god from their plan you don't see that because yep. you're in darkness. See, that's the difference. Yeah. And just to recap on, on Todd's scripture that he pulled up to you from John three nineteen, it says, this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. See, that's just, that's, that's who we are as humans. We love, we love just being in our, in our norm, in our routine. You know, when we get hooked on something, when something is fun, sin is fun. And when we get wrapped up in our in our own doings and our own junk and our own filth and, and it really is sin, but when it comes down to it, that's just humanity. Yeah. We love darkness. And so I look at that and I say, we have more than just a physical problem. We've got a spiritual problem. We've got a heart condition that needs to be refined and we need to point the light on that. And we love pretend. We love to, to spin it so people think <laughs> yes, certain things of us. And that's darkness. I, yeah. I am inviting our listeners, get rid of the pretend. Start walking in the truth, in the light, and realize if somebody really is shocked or, or appalled or whatever, then they don't understand grace. They don't understand God. 
uh, give us a chance. There, there's counselors that are ready to talk to you at HopeNet360. You know, go there and, and talk it through or contact us. But, but do not stay in a hopeless condition. Conversations save lives. Let's get one going. Chat with the live coach, HopeNet360.com slash help. Go there and know that there's someone there that has the answers that you're looking for, someone that has the flashlight, someone if you're in the woods, you're in the middle of stuff, things happen in our life. There are things that really will frustrate us, and I'm not telling you that by becoming a Christian or by following you know, the Word of God to a T that your life is going to be perfect, that you won't have any struggles. No, the, the Word even says that Jesus even said it differently. He said you're going to have trials, you're going to have struggles, you're going to have tribulations, but know this, know that I have overcome the world. I've overcome every single obstacle, and that's our hope. If you've been going at it alone for many years in your life, tonight is about light. Tonight is about shining light on those things and exposing them, not to make it painful and not to point at you and say you're a failure, but it's to say, look, we have the light. We want to show you. We want to give you an answer that you can find hope in and find real answers for in life. So, again, that's why we do this show. All right, before we go tonight, I just want to remind you, if you're interested in becoming a live coach all this month, we are recruiting new coaches for Groundwire's Crisis Chat Line. So get connected on that. Go to hopenet360.com slash coach and learn more about becoming a live coach and a week from this coming Tuesday is Q Drive already. And this is, again, our share for the radio ministry overall that we broadcast. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM is having their share called Q Drive. You can find out information on Q Drive and make a pledge. Help us to stay on the air. If you love this show or you love the shows that you hear on the Q, support it. And this is a time where we just ask you to partner with us and be a part of the radio ministry and the outreach here. So for all of us here on HopeNet Radio, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Again, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Get them from our website, HopeNet360.com. And always connect with us either on Facebook, on Twitter, or email us, Hope at HopeNet360.com. We would love to hear from you and hear things you want us to talk about in upcoming shows. So until next time, remember the God of Hope is going to sustain you. He is there with you every step of the way and that you do not have to give up, but trust in his strength to get you through. So we'll see you guys online and next week here on HopeNet Radio. See you guys. Peace out. Bye-bye.